Thank you for joining the Move the Stairs podcast. I'm Diane Mulligan with my colleagues Mitch Jelniger and Jordan Sherman. You may be wondering, what does Move the Stairs mean? It's our philosophy, how we look at every challenge as an opportunity. When you move the stairs, you take the steps other people might not. Creating customer loyalty, nurturing great relationships with the media, and building a resilient CBD hemp and medical marijuana brand. Over the next 20 minutes or so, we'll talk with the brightest minds, the savviest business leaders, and reporters in the CBD space. You'll learn how brand protection PR can help your CBD, hemp, or medical marijuana business stand head and shoulders above your competitors. And you'll be on your way to making the most of any challenge. That's what we call Move the Stairs. Let's get started. Welcome to the Move the Stairs, episode 76. We're recording on Thursday, February 9th, 2023, and we are so happy that you're joining us for today's exciting conversation. Jordan's on vacation, that lucky dog, but Mitch and I are here, so we're going to do our best without him. That's right. We're holding down the fort. We're very honored today to be joined by two experts to help us unpack this recent FDA decision on regulating CBD as a dietary supplement. We've got Josh Long. He's the Associate Editorial Director of Natural Products Insider. And we also have with us today, Dr. Dan Fabricant. He is the president and CEO of the Natural Products Association. We're going to ask our our guests to break down the key facts in this decision so that you can educate your employees and customers, which we know is so very important to build customer loyalty. And that's always the first pillar of brand protection PR. Also during our insider media relations segment coming up, we're going to talk about their best advice and what you could do to get coverage on this particular topic. And then we're going to look ahead to what could happen in the next year with the FDA, Congress and CBD supplement designation so that you can prepare and build a resilient CBD brand. So we're gonna bring our guests into the studio. Josh and Dr. Fabricant, thank you. We appreciate you joining us for this Move the Stairs podcast today. And Dr. Fabricant, before I begin, may we call you Dan? Of course, of course, thank you. Wonderful. Well, Dan, start off by telling us a little bit about yourself, about the association, if you would. Sure, NPA is the oldest and largest trade association in the dietary supplement space going back to 1936. It really started out of the mom and pop health food stores and as the industries evolved, the associations evolved with it. We represent about 700 manufacturers um, as well as retailers, um, folks, uh, everyday names like GNC and Vitamin Shop, but also still represent the mom and pops. Uh, they're out there going strong and uh, you know, really spreading the word to keep people healthy. Very good. Josh, we'd like to learn a little bit more about you and Natural Products Insider. So share a bit if you would. No problem. So I'm Associate Editorial Director of of Natural Products Insider. I'm responsible for our online news coverage, our columns and other editorial on our website. And we principally focus on the dietary supplement industry. And I have been really focused for, I would say a decade or so on FDA regulations and the laws that are applicable to dietary supplements. Well, that's great. And and the two of you are such experts. We're thrilled to talk to you today. And as I said earlier, you know, building customer loyalty is always at the top of the list when we talk with CBD hemp and medical marijuana business owners. Educating your customer on the latest news can really build trust that you as a business owner are an expert in your field. So I'd love us to first lay the groundwork here and go a bit more in depth on the FDA decision um, on the trade association petitions to market CBD as a supplement. Dan, can you just kind of give us a basic overview? Yeah, I think, you know, 
unfortunately, the update is there's really it's status quo by the agency. They're not doing anything new. Um, they've left this space unregulated. Uh, if you believe Forbes magazine, a pretty good source, 60% of Americans have used a CBD product, and yet the agency doesn't want to really look at simple things like manufacturing quality, GMPs, um, and what a daily amount should be. Um, so this is more of the same from them, unfortunately. And you talk about building trust. So we want to be regulated. The, the CBD uh, manufacturers, the CBD retailers, they want to be regulated. They want FDA there because that does build consumers' trust. And FDA at every turn just keeps kind of, you know, body slamming the industry, if you will. It's, it's crazy. And, and Josh, they threw this back to Congress. And isn't that right? I mean, isn't that what happened here? And, and ask them to, to do more of what they've already thrown to the FDA. It's kind of like a tennis match. Yeah, they, um, it wasn't surprising because, as Dan said, they've been reticent to uh, regulate this category for almost going on a decade now, even after the 2018 Farm Bill, which removed hemp from the Controlled Substances Act. Prior to that, I can understand they might have been hesitant to regulate the space because it was still a, according to many interpretations, a controlled substance under federal law. But the 2018 Farm Bill took care of that. It preserved FDA's authority um, to regulate under the Food, Drug, and Cosmetic Act. But notwithstanding all that, they still have not actively regulated the space, as, as Dan mentioned. And I want to mention that the citizen petitions, the first citizen petition that we're talking about, there were three that were filed. The first one was filed in 2019. So it took them several years to look at some citizen petitions and say at the end of the day, sorry, we can't help you. We need your help, Congress. And Josh, you've covered this pretty in depth for Natural Products Insider. What do you think about the FDA's decision to kick it back to Congress? Were you surprised by that or did you kind of see that one coming? I kind of saw that one coming. I'd say it wasn't surprising. I'd say, you know, in terms of their rationale, I'd love to hear what Dan has to say, but I found some of their rationale um, made sense to me. I defer to the agency on its scientific judgments. There's a lot of folks over there with three letters after their name. You know, they have PhDs like Dan or they have MDs. But some of their reasoning as it related to the current regulatory pathways was frankly nonsensical. Mm. And we can get into that later if you'd like. Okay. Well, going to that, Dan, I mean, I'd like to know what you think made the FDA, you know, go with this decision, especially it says that they focus on safety data and they say that they lack it. Um, but those in the industry are saying they've presented quite a bit of data. So since you do have those three letters behind your name, <laughs> tell us what, what do you think is going on here? I mean, I think it's incredibly hypocritical, I think, on a few levels. I think, one, with respect to Congress, FDA has lost their way a bit because they it, Congress has oversight over FDA, not the other way around. And the notion, you know, FDA's press releases, oh, now we stand ready to work with Congress. Um, huh? That's, you, that's like me saying, now I stand ready to breathe oxygen. That's their job. That's what they're supposed to do. That's the way the system's set up. But I think it's hypocritical. And I appreciate what Josh said, that you know, the agency always smatters in the messaging on CBD about public health. And we have some we have some data, you know, data points they're not sure of or can't draw conclusions. But I think the fundamental problem from where from where we sit as an industry group is there are companies that have done really good science. And, and our citizens petition was one of the ones that got blasted. Um, and we actually offered um, because we had a member who's spent probably around a million dollars doing safety studies. Those same safety studies were able to get the product on shelves in the European Union, in the UK, um, and FDA wouldn't look at them. So the notion that there isn't science out there, um, toxicology, I think, you know, when we get on a plane and leave the United States and go across the Atlantic to the, to the EU, 
I'm pretty sure toxicologies, you know, they use different metrics there, right? You know, but I think it's the same. So I, this is the fundamental problem with the agency is there's just this element of, I don't want to say dishonesty, but they're not being, you know, for an agency that says we need transparency, um, they're not being very transparent on this. I would like to follow up and ask, what do you think business owners should tell customers that are coming in and say, what the heck is, you know, that they've seen what there wasn't a ton of coverage on it, but what little coverage there was, what would you tell a customer? I mean, I can tell you what we're telling our members is don't, don't change a thing. Um, people are very, you know, and, and I understand that people are very worried that, okay, now is the other shoe going to drop and is FDA going to come in and swing an ax? Um, the agency, if you look at their actions and you also look at the responses, they talked about the states. I think you have, um, I think it's 33 states have medical marijuana and, you know, as well as, um, recreational use. But I think of those 33, I want to say 17 have actual specific CBD language. And so, mm -hmm. you know, are they going to get into that fight with the states where there is a, you know, there is a legal pathway forward. So I think that kind of keeps the federal government at bay from taking harder enforcement action. In the same time, and I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but I do think some of the lack of action by the agency is hopeful thinking on their behalf that people, something happens catastrophic, and then they go, see, we told you that's why we didn't want to regulate it. And I think that that's unfortunate. But, you know, I don't know that that answered your question, though. What do you tell consumers? You tell them that FDA continues to, it's really no different than it was three months ago. Um, you know, we're in the right. same, we're in the same world. Yeah, exactly. They're, they're dragging their feet. Uh, interesting that Europe is accepting of the data uh, done by uh, private sector, but so far, not the U.S. government. I guess we'll have to wait and see. Well, as former journalists here at MNC Communications, we, we use our experiences every day to really to help prepare our clients to take advantage of any kind of media opportunity that comes up uh, by positioning them as industry leaders or about experts. So they can give interviews on these different topics. And we call that insider media relations. So for this segment, um, I want to ask, there was a significant one-day national coverage in print and digital news, but I think locally, really, a few stations covered the story, not a lot. Do you think there's an opportunity for business owners to maybe reach out and suggest maybe a more localized, in-depth look so people are educated about what's going on here? And Josh, we'll start with you on this one. I mean, as somebody who's been a reporter a long time, absolutely, I think there's an opportunity. I think there's an opportunity also to bring in a, a trade association like an NPA because they have the regulatory expertise and they also have the advocacy experience on Capitol Hill to talk about it from a national level. Now, what can you do on the ground as, as, a, as a business owner? You can talk about what you are doing to comply with the current rules that are in effect. As Dan mentioned, many states have rules in effect. What are you doing? And then to the extent that there are gaps in coverage, how are you self-policing? How are you self-regulating? And what are you doing that your other competitors are not doing, including as it relates to any science um, for your products uh, and your ingredients? Uh, we don't talk a lot about science in the CBD world. Um, and, and I think if you really want to distinguish yourself, you should uh, talk about it if you have any science. Dan, one of the things, Dan, did you want to weigh in on that? what Josh said is absolutely right. Josh sees it, you know, from, from, he sees it both from the top down and the ground up and what he does for, you know, for Informa reporting on the industry. Um, and I think that that very key piece about this science is, you know, 
realistically, that's what's going to win the day. Um, you know, we can talk about the political aspect, and I think it's good to talk locally because all politics are local, right? And people want to know, well, hey, how does this affect me locally? But I think overall, where the conversation changes on CBD is, you know, if people are really interested, get to know what the, the responsible companies are doing. I'm also wondering, Dan, um, and, and Josh and I were talking earlier, and he suggested that business owners may want to partner with a trade organization like yours um, to get coverage in the local media. You know, basically saying, you know, we could localize it here with me, but these are the people that are the experts. Is that is that something that National Products Association would be interested in? And how would that work? Uh, it, we do it quite frequently. Um, you know, it, it's as simple as sometimes, um, you know, sometimes a lot of it's going and getting a reporter to go visit a facility where they're making a product like a CBD. Uh, we, we partner with a lot of our members on that, get visits, you know, congressional visits, as well as, um, you know, if there's a state, you know, a lot of states have departments of agriculture that are active in consumer affairs, and this would be specific to that. So there's a lot of ways to engage. And I think I think the other side of the story is everybody is kind of looking, you know, unfortunately, I live inside the Beltway. You guys are fortunate enough to be outside of it. I think people in the Beltway look at that being the center of the universe. I think on this issue, getting as much of how um, how hemp is affecting people's lives on a day in, day out basis is kind of lost in the mix of D.C. And so putting that messaging together, I think, is really powerful. And, and then how do we how do we being in D.C., how do we get rid of these roadblocks that the federal government is creating? Yeah. Yeah. And ed educating journalists is not a, not a, it's a bad thing to do. I mean, it's, it's, it would be helpful to, to them as well, especially those general assignment reporters teach you more. So if we recap this, if we say local business owners could uh, call their local press outlets, uh, talk at a high level about the story, provide a contact, maybe to a trade organization, but also provide an interview that would then localize the story and mean something to those people living in that community. And they talk about how difficult it is to run a business without knowing what the rules are going to be. We don't know what's over the bin. I mean, Josh, does that kind of sum it up? Is that where we are right now? Yeah, I would, I would, I would largely agree with you. And, 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 but you said we don't know what the rules are going to be. The other, the other real big challenge for this industry is that we have myriad regulations all over the country. And as somebody that went to law school, I understand as a business owner, there's practicalities. It's hard to keep up with these regulations that are changing every single week. And you have to have a label in Utah, but somewhere else you got to do somewhere else, something else. It's ridiculous. It needs, there needs to be a national framework. It certainly would make a difference. Yeah. Absolutely. Especially if you want to also sell outside of your state, which is, you know, um, it's just crazy. But anyway, we'll see how it goes and, and, and we'll keep pushing through here. Um, real quick, I want to look ahead to the next episode of our Move the Stairs podcast. We're going to be chatting with Shannon Donnelly, who's the Cannabis Process Navigator for the City and County of Denver. And in 2020, she was named one of Green Entrepreneur's Most Influential Women in Cannabis. So that should be a, a great interview next two weeks from now. Yeah, a couple of weeks. All right, we're going to talk about building a resilient CBD brand. CBD business owners obviously want to strengthen their businesses, weather all those threats to the reputation, to the bottom line. It's a tough uh, competitive industry. So we help the clients find opportunities to every challenge that uh, comes up you know, polish those reputations, prepare for the unexpected. And so that's what we call building a resilient CBD brand. So with that in mind, Dan, I'm curious, we're, we're very interested to know what you think can happen in 2023 with this FDA decision. Are there any thoughts that maybe the trade organizations who petitioned the FDA might consider filing 
a lawsuit against the FDA. What do you see as the next step? Well, we sued FDA last year, so uh, we haven't sued them yet in 2023. It was on a different issue, but related. It had to deal with what FDA is really using here is they're invoking something that if something is a drug first, it gets precluded as a dietary supplement or as a food. And so that was part of the issue. We sued them on last year. We dropped our lawsuit and we got the relief we wanted on an ingredient called NAC, which is an amino acid. So there are very it parallels in a lot of ways very well with CBD. So it's something our organization is looking at. And to your point, you know, CBD brand's biggest roadblock right now is FDA. Um, the price of CBD, I believe, per kilo has gone down to somewhere in the neighborhood of 150 to $200 per kilo. Whereas THC, because there is a regulated market, even though, as Josh said, it's still considered a controlled substance federally, but the rules are very clear state-wise, uh, I think THC is somewhere around $10,000 per kilo. So you're talking economies of scale, you know, two, three orders of magnitude, which is, is really the government doing significant economic harm, economic damage um, to, to brands. And so it's really, it, it, for the CBD brands out there, um, I, you know, they need to get involved and get involved um, with organizations like ours that are looking at possible litigative solutions. It's going to be interesting to see what happens. And, you know, Josh, earlier you told us that you thought Delta 8 might have played a role in the FDA decision. Do you think there will be any changes on that front that would impact Congress or the FDA? Well, I think as Dan alluded to, you know, if, God forbid, you know, a bunch of kids get sick or go to the ER from an intoxicating substance that supposedly comes from hemp. Um, that could that could really force FDA to do something or you could incentivize Congress to figure something out or direct FDA, hey, you need to regulate this space. We've given you plenty of authority. Use the authority you have. Um, short of that, um, I think short of a lawsuit, short of a, a major outbreak, um, I have no idea what's going to happen on Capitol Hill because um, FDA has not even proposed what the solution is. You read their responses to the citizen petitions. They say the current pathways aren't sufficient but they don't tell us what they want. And uh, I don't think anybody knows what they want. Including them. Yeah, well, I was gonna say, I wonder if they're still trying to figure it out. Perhaps that's part of the problem. Well, um, as we know, nothing in Washington moves very quickly. But if you had to handicap the likelihood that this issue might be settled in 2023, what are the odds or is that no way. Dan, how about you first? I mean, I think congressionally, everyone's going to work congressionally. I think that's going to create, unfortunately, it's odd. And I've seen it in the States too. Anything dealing with legislation around cannabis, hemp, um, it's people want to be uh, James Madison or John Adams. They, they want to say they wrote the constitution versus actually do something that's meaningful and that works. Right. And I think that's why to Josh's point, you've seen these state by state, the laws have some real, sometimes they're very similar, but sometimes they have some real different fingerprints on them. And you go, wait a second, why? And it really, and that's what's concerning, I think, in terms of doing something, you know, Congress doing something. So, you know, the, the best option, I think, is really getting moving, you know, through another branch of, of government, the judicial branch, and seeing what can be had there. Um, you know, anytime you start that route, there are no guarantees. But I, I think at this point, until the industry exhausts that too, I, I think it's a lot tougher Congress can go, well, just sue them. And they're not wrong. Um, you know, they're not wrong. In other industries, FDA regulates, um, sue the agency frequently. So I think it's something that, that as an industry, it needs to be something that's a little more commonplace. Not saying that, you know, we're all in and, hey, we'll, we'll, we'll see you tomorrow in, 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 in you know, Supreme Court. But I think 
uh, we're certainly as an organization looking at it, deliberating. Um, you know, as Josh knows, he's he's a JD. Uh, anytime you sue the government, you know who wins the the attorneys. Um, so I mean, we've got to look at that as well. Is how long could something like this go on for? And that's that's kind of the a lot of the the issue. Yeah, and Josh, we you know we we would like to think this was settled yesterday, but of course it's not. Is there? An, what are your thoughts about it being settled within this calendar year? Is that possible? I mean, I think it's possible. I think the, I believe that, you know, the farm bill, the next farm bill, which is a federal piece of legislation, um, has to be passed by the end of the year. And so that could be incorporated in um, the next farm bill. Remind, just as a reminder, the last farm bill is what removed hemp from the Controlled Substances Act and paved the way for this ingredient to be marketed so widely. So there's certainly a possibility there, um, but I wouldn't bet my house on it. I'm with you there, Josh. But if it happens, I know we're going to find coverage of it in National Products Insider. So, Josh, where can people find your publication? Uh, Naturalproductsinsider.com. It's as simple as that. Well, that was an easy one. And Dan, if they want to partner with you, maybe to do some local media with you giving the expertise... How did they get a hold of you at Natural Products Association? NPANational.org or any of our social media. It's the same, at NPANational. And, uh, yeah, we're we're fairly active on social, usually retweeting Josh's stories because he goes goes deep on on good stuff around around the industry. He's getting to the bottom of it. All right. That's right. Well, this was a great interview with some terrific insights. Thank you to both of you for taking the time. I know you're both really busy, but – we are thrilled that you joined us today on the Move the Stairs podcast. Thank you. Thank you very you much, Mitch and Diane. Appreciate it. So, Mitch, they were just fabulous. And I, I just, you know, I have a whole slew of notes here, you know. Um, I, you know, telling your, your customers, stay the course, but we're on top of this. It seems to me when you're, when you're talking about what's going on, you know, knowing a little bit about what's going back and forth and, and how, you know, the FDA did just make a non-decision um, that at least you know about it. And that's really important because people are going to ask about that. And sure. you being in the know builds that loyalty, right? It, it does. And I thought it was interesting when Dan was talking about, you know, in so many instances you think, well, just the government, just, just don't, don't get too involved with my life. But he said, you know, in this industry, they really want the regulation. They want to be regulated because right. that helps build trust. So they're, they're, they're dying for it. They keep asking for it. Uh, we just haven't got there yet. Absolutely. So, if you're if you're having a little bit of trouble, you know, knowing what to talk to your your clients about, it's a great it's a great opportunity to go out and talk to the media. And if you do that, you're not alone. And that's what I love with what both Dan and Josh were saying is that if you can um, work with one of the trade industries, you can localize that story where they're gonna you know they're gonna give the details, but then they want to know how it impacts that local business. Um, in their area, and you can be that. Uh, and and when you're on the news and you're that, doing that part of the story, people see you, and and it really helps build your brand. Absolutely. So, and and on that area of insider media relations, we always talk about there are a lot of these national stories, but your local media is always trying to fa- find a way to localize it. Who who is I'm going to put a face to that story? Well, here's your opportunity as one of those business owners. Say here's here's the impact it's having on me and my business. Uh, in Colorado or wherever it may be. Um, and, and it does impact us people right down the street. And I think looking forward, we all want to know what's going to happen with the farm bill. Right. That was a great point by Josh, because maybe that's going to help. Um, but in the meantime, there may be some lawsuits filed against the FDA. What I 
found interesting was that that seems to be a norm. I mean, with uh, how Dan was telling us that there's yeah. a lot of people filing lawsuits against the FDA. I didn't know that. Did you know that? I did not know that. It almost sounds like, well, that's just part of the playbook, uh, which yeah. it seems like, why would it have to be that way? But again, I think there's another opportunity. While all this is going, I was like, well, they really made a decision. There is that opportunity to help build your resilient brand is, is talk to the local media and try to help educate them. You know, when I was a reporter, 90% of the reason I did it is because they paid me to learn, right? right. I, I covered different topics every day. So I was, that was what I was doing is going out and trying to learn something. So that's an opportunity to help educate the reporters and, and let them know what's going on so they can make a, a localized story. And, and again, build your brand, get your name out there. Absolutely. Absolutely. And always look at what's coming down the pike so that you can be ready. So I want to thank again, Josh Long from Natural Products in Natural Products Insider and Dr. Dan Fabricant from the National Products Association for joining us today on the Move the Stairs podcast. And thank you so much for listening. We hope you'll tune in again in a couple of weeks. We're going to have some more very insightful podcasts that are really going to help you protect your brand and protect your business. Thank you again for listening to the Move the Stairs podcast. You may be wondering where the phrase move the stairs comes from. It's my life's mantra and MNC's commitment to our clients. It's a nod to a defining moment in my television news career. You know, in news, you have to be first with the story, no excuses. And one night I had to get the first TV news interview with a senatorial candidate after he accepted the nomination on stage. I noticed the stairs leading off the stage were taking the candidate directly to my competitors. But what could I do? So I looked around and I noticed the stairs were on wheels. I walked over and bolted the stairs and moved them so the candidate walked off the stage right to my team first. At MNC Communications, our years in the media taught us there's always a way to move the stairs to make the best possible outcome happen for our clients.